G'day everybody. This week on Sales Stories Raw and Real, I'm talking to James Gwynn. One of the things I most love about technology is it's given us the ability to reconnect and stay connected to old friends. James spent many, many years overseas and we reconnected about 10 years ago when he returned to Australia and started working in a number of different organisations in their business development function, specifically in construction. James shares with us his stories about learning a business from the inside and out, of getting in the trenches and building relationships internally and externally. He talks about the importance of resilience and reflection in managing or working within a business development function. Listen out for the wonderful quote by Tom Brady, who had recently won the Super Bowl just before James and I had this chat. It's a cracker for all of us in sales. I hope you enjoy this episode. Sales Stories, Raw and Real is a podcast series designed to help people in business development, whatever their level, by learning from the experiences of others. We'll be talking about the salespeople they've met, led and worked with and share their insights into what we need to do more of and less of. You'll hear the very best and worst of people's experiences to help you recognise the traps that we've all fallen into, get through them and out the other side, having learned what you needed to along the way. G'day everybody, Charlie here again for another podcast and the Sales Stories Raw and Real series. Today, I'm joined by a, a, a long-term friend of mine, another one. Um, James Gwynn and I have known each other for, I think, probably 30 years. James and I were at uh, university together and lucky enough to play in the same football team many, many years ago. I often think the... Um, the older I get, the better I was. But um, James, one of the guys that uh, that knows better than that. So uh, James has, has has made a career, or certainly for the last ten or so years, in uh, in the building materials, or also in the building industry in Sydney. Prior to that, he had a number of years overseas, and I'll let him talk to that in a little while. But but firstly, thanks, Gwynny. Thank you for, for, for joining me today and uh, and everyone else that's listening out there. And um, I guess I'd just ask, mate, by start by asking you, after we finished at university, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to come back to a little bit of that in a minute, but after we finished at university, what well, how did you find your way to sales, put it that way? Sure. I think that's a good point to start. Well, start from the very beginning. Thanks very much, Charlie. It's always a pleasure to see you. And uh, I will say, yes, you were as good as, you know, as, as your memory says you were. <laughs> Always now they know you're going to be full tenacious, of shit, mate. Tenacious on the field and off. Yeah, well. It's a good question. And I've thought about myself. How did, how did I end up in sales? Or how did I end up in business development? Um, and I think business development is half sales. And it's half about understanding the business and making sure that the small wheels within the business are moving in the right direction for the sales team. Yeah. So there's a, there's an internal understanding of the business and there's an ex- external understanding of the business and the business strategy. Um, and it's imperative that anyone in a position of sales or business development understands both of those sides. 
um, getting the alignment of, of both of those moving in the same direction, uh, in my experience, has proven that's the the most fruitful area where mm-hmm. the internal mechanisms are working with the external mechanisms. Very good. There's, there's a lot of people will say, as, as you know, Charlie, you know, business development, whatever you do, you know, and it's, I think every business development and salesperson or sales, whatever you do, um, people say it tongue in cheek, but what they do is really provide the the food and the energy to control and feed the beast that is in your organisation. Yeah, um, it's a, and it's a dual-edged sword because what we do, whatever we do. If you feed too little, the the machine doesn't get fed yeah, at all. Yeah. Um, and then and then there's a lot of people looking over your shoulder, going, "Come on, come on, come on, come on." Um, and if you feed it too much, the internal mechanisms are going, "Hang on a second, slow down. If we can't deal with this." Yeah, it's and, a real, it's a real balancing act, isn't it? I like the saying that nothing by Henry Ford, nothing happens if no one sells anything. And I, I, I use the analogy that um, when things are going well, you're like a rock star on stage when it's all going well, you know, feels really good. Uh, and when it's not, you feel like a thief in the night, <laughs> <laughs> right, dancing in shadows and, and hiding there or running there or whatever the case is. Yeah. Because nothing happens if no one sells anything. Yeah. So how did you get into sales? So I, I got into it, as, as you alluded to before, I spent 11 years in, in Sweden. Yeah, all places, and that, and that was gave me a good understanding of of different management techniques. There is a Scandinavian management style. There's an American style. There's a there's a, a Japanese style, and there's and getting an understanding of how they do business and the, the the Swedes do business with conferencing, talking. So they don't make rash decisions. They will, 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 will come with a strategy, we'll talk about a strategy and we'll sit down and we'll work out, we'll nut it out until it's 99% perfect. Uh, the American way, that they, they shoot from the hip a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Go, okay, 60% done, now go for it. Whereas the Swedes are, are very cautious enough to sit down and that, that open dialogue, open communication. So coming back from, from Sweden, I, I always had a... A, a keen interest, and I still do in architecture and yeah. de- and design and building. Yeah, right. so once were I, you doing that in Sweden? I was working. Well, I was, I was actually studying a lot of my time yeah, right, over yeah, there, and I was yeah. working with IKEA. Yeah, okay. Um, and so that gave me an understanding of that that side of things, yeah, that, yeah, that right. business, and um, that was a lot of interior design and understanding of, of the Scandinavian design systems. Mm-hmm. But I, once I came back from Sweden, I got an understanding of myself more so. And I thought, what do I really want to do? Um, and my personality tends to be quite engaged and I like to communicate with people. And but I'm thinking, well, what do I want to do as my career? And it became a natural progression that when I came back to Australia, I had a chat to a national building company at that stage, and and I said, look, this is where I'd like to go. This I'd like to I'd like to work in the world of business development and assist you finding opportunities. Um, and I was lucky enough to have two two directors that were open to the idea, mm-hmm. 
And they, they strangely enough, said, that's great, James or Gwynia, that's, that's fine, we can put you into BD and uh, you seem to have all the academic um, sort of credentials we need and you have the right personality type for, to, to get into business development. You know, here, here, let's go. But I actually paused the play with them a little bit and said, well, that's, that's great, but I don't want to be just a business development or salesperson that's purely driving out, driving for the next opportunity. So I need to understand the industry better and I need to, to be someone who has got a little bit of dirt under the nails. I said in that, I said, I'd like to, to work in business development, but I'd like to do that in a year's time. And I said, what I'd really need to do is go out to the field, go out to the sites, work on a site and gain an understanding of, of how we deliver. And they were like, oh, that's a great idea. That's a, that's a great idea. So you'd like to work on site? And I said, yes, I'd like to work on site. And John, the director of the, of the company that I was working for, turned around and he goes, we're building a project which is a medical centre in Liverpool that's got another three months of night works coming up to them. I said, uh, you'll be out there. <laughs> I just went, hang on a second. I just <laughs> talked myself out of out of a job in business development for three nights, three months of night works at Liverpool. <laughs> and uh, it was funny. And it was it was a great opportunity. What did you learn from that, mate? What would you learn from three months driving out to Liverpool? Yeah. Nighttime. They've got good bakeries out there. Yeah, right. At about two o'clock in the yeah. morning. Every building has a good bakery. <laughs> but it gave me an understanding of the delivery teams. And, and quite often internally, the delivery teams within the businesses will go business development, sales. You, you guys don't really get us. Hmm. So it gave me some empathy and some understanding of how they deliver. What are the what are the uh, the set of circumstances about delivering at night? You know, running hmm. running late, pressures for paying bills, trying to get the best out of subcontractors and maybe they're not up to the challenge. So it gave me some empathy for how tough it is on the mm. front line in, mm. in, in that. So after doing months of that, then I went into a position as a CA, contracts administrator, and then moved into working with another couple of projects on site. Yeah. And so that gave, that gave me a year before I moved into the, the VD sales. Right. And I think that gave me the opportunity to go, okay, I, I, I get these guys. I, mm. I get the OH&S because I've done two months of OH&S. Um, so that gave me a good grounding, I felt, for the sales. Mm-hmm. And then if you go back to, back to the original question, Charlie, you know, what got me into sales, I, I think naturally it's a good fit for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy it. Well, why do you think it's a good fit for you? I think with, the, with sales, it takes a certain type. Mm-hmm. Business development takes a, a certain type. I think to be tenacious, it goes with the territory. Mm-hmm. You have, you have to be able to to take the losses as well as take the wins. It's yeah. not it's not it's not a an occupation that if you get down on yourself and beat yourself up over losses that you're going to survive. You know you, you need to to understand eyes wide open going into sales. There's a lot of hard work. Yeah, and there's a lot of grind work as well. So if if you get the understanding of going celebrate the wins and when those wins come come along really celebrate them mm. enjoy them um but have an understanding that you go there's a lot of hard work that's going to be going in the background mm. over and over and over again we're going to go over the same the same ground uh forging relationships 
The joy doesn't last long. I, I remember when I used to do a little bit of work like that, and, you know, the the first thought that you have was, great, celebrate the win. Everyone's ecstatic that, you know, six weeks or three months of tendering has finally resulted in a win that was, yeah. you know, I don't know, 10, 20, 50 million dollars worth of work for the business, right? Uh, but that was very, very closely by quite followed by <laughs> what what mistake have we made in in the tendering process? So everyone then gets the drawings out and, and goes over it again to see what we might have missed out. So it's a rugged old ride, that's for sure. Yeah. Tell me, tell me, tell me, Goody, what's the the sale that you're most or the the job? the sale, the opportunity that you're most proud of mm. as a business development person? Mm. I think... And and just maybe, yeah, sorry, tell us what it is first and then I'll, I'll just ask another question or two. There's, there's a, a great comment that I, I read only a few weeks ago and that was concerning Tom Brady. And Tom oh, yeah. Brady, the, the, the Super Bowl hero, he's got 10 Super Bowls and... You know, he's the master of the universe for that for for the he sure you know, is. football. And and I thought what a terrific athlete. And I think every every sort of mid mid forty or fifty year old male is going, How does he do it? Mm. But one of the the reporters asked him just a simple question and said, What is your favorite win? What's your favorite uh Super Bowl win? And his response, instead of going back in time, he goes, That's easy. He goes, My next one. And I thought that's brilliant. You know, that's it's not about you know you've won you've won them. Which one is it? Which one is your favourite? My next my next one. Yeah, and I thought that's that's sales. Oh, geez, I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. But I didn't ask you which your favourite one. I asked you which was your proudest one. The proudest one. But uh, but let's 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 come back to that because that is an awesome philosophy to have in sales. Yeah. So let's talk about the past from a proud perspective or pride perspective because I think as salespeople, you, me and others out there, we like hearing about the successes. Mm. We like hearing about that the hard work that we're putting in, which is thankless and, dare I say it, criticised by other parts of organisations, but but we like hearing the stories of other, for for our Mm. sales colleagues, you know. Mm. So what's your proudest one? I think there'd be two. You know, the most recent would be a school, which is a, a, a tier one private school in, in Sydney. Yeah. Um, they've, they've got a build which which is unique. Yeah. And, right. and they, there's a lot of money that's going to be spent on creating a, a one-off piece. Going into the project and understanding and finding out there's an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Now, you had 20 of Sydney's probably most reputable construction companies that are, that are all going, going for this. Everyone's going to hang their hat on this one. Yeah. So the competition's going to be tough, you know, and there's a lot of people within the organisation I was working for were saying, why are we doing this? Why are we doing it? And you go, well, A, it's a signature, it's iconic, it's going to be a fantastic build. But there's going to have to be a lot of uh, elbow work done in the background and slowly make sure that from the 20 starters that you're jostling in the race that you you get in the front 10, then you get in the front six, and then you get on the front three. And, then you mm. get, and all, along, all along this path, which was a year of, of doing this, slowly there's a lot of jostling uh, and you're presenting, presenting ourselves. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. 
probably the reason it was the proudest and thank goodness in December we got the green light and they said, yes, West, yes, you've won the project. And that's mm. it's a, a significant project. It's yeah, it was a value of it, It's over $30 million. Yeah, right. Um, and, and to get that, that was that was tenacious. That was get everyone out of the road, but also convincing those within the organisation stay the course. Stay yeah, the how, course. Many, how many people from that organisation that you were representing, how many people were involved or did you involve in the the winning of that project, the eventual winning of that project? Well, I think it was directly used an estimator, yeah. uh, junior estimator, project managers, uh, general manager of, of live and sensitive environments, a few others working in the background. So there would have been a team of six. Yeah, and um, and that's an internal sales from the business development person in an organisation like you're representing too. Yeah. Not only have you got to front that client, but you've got to enthuse, enthuse your team. That's right. To, uh, to convince them so in order in order to convince your potential client that you're you, you're worthy of this yeah. opportunity. Because that's it. There can't be a weak link. If you've yeah. got to make sure there'll, there'll be moments when people go, I'm not sure if we can do this. Or this is a, this is a, when you have those moments, they go, this is a lot tougher than we first thought. Then you've, you're there as a motivator, really. Yeah. Yes, yes, we can do it. Yes, we so can do, do you, it. So did you, in an environment like that where you've got six distinct people, right, You've really got to ensure that you're nailing the brief mm. and not everyone um, in the selling team that I'll call the team that you represented is going to understand that. You have to clearly articulate to your team which buttons that they've got to press mm. in, the, in the external or the client side mm. to make sure that all of the boxes are ticked and then you, you, you come up with a price that's somewhere near satisfactory. That's right. And that's a really interesting point that you bring up. Because the salesperson is out there at the, at the front line very early in the piece, you're getting an understanding of what the client wants, what the client-side project management team, what the architects are trying to achieve. So you, you're engaged with them very early in the piece. So mm. all that information you have needs to be transferred to the delivery team. Mm. And that's a, and I think that's it's a, an area sometimes that there's a bit of slippage. And yeah, I, I think I think you're exactly right. I think you know people talk about it, mm. but we're not as strategic and not as disciplined mm. as we need to be from the selling organisation. Yeah. And I think that's a huge. Well, I don't even think I know it's a huge opportunity, and it's a big problem for buyers that that we. This, we, the sales teams out there, and I'm not just talking about building companies, I'm talking about a range of different companies, but we're just not planning ourselves well enough. And if you don't plan well, you don't execute well. Yeah, that's it. Because because you're picking up all the the, the hints and the fears and the, the primary drivers totally. from the client totally. and you're going, okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. But then that has to be downloaded to your delivery team or the big team or the tender team. And you've got to make sure that you go, have we have we addressed this issue? Tick. Yeah. You know, this will give us a one percent advantage over the competition on the tenders. Have have we really thought it through? Are we presenting ourselves in the best light there? Tick. So you've mm. got to go through all of those. So then you go, we're building a brick wall. 
We're building a brick wall where we've got a series of ticks. Yes, 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 yes. All of that information that that Charlie has found out by being on the front line or James has been mm. working, then you go, yes, they're all here, all there. Look, if you win, if you win from there, that's a perfect, perfect opportunity. That's a perfect situation and a perfect result. Mm. If you lose from there because there's some crosses in there and going, we didn't address these. That's right. That's that's a problem for the team because you go, we had we had the opportunity, but we didn't we didn't execute well. Yeah. I was with a construction <clears throat> industry director the other day, and he said, if you're on the tender panel, you can do the job. Right. That's a good one. Yep. All right. So so then it becomes about making sure that every box doesn't have a little tick in it. It's got the biggest tick you can possibly fit in that box. It's got an exclamation mark around yeah. it. It's got commas either side and a big smiley face. Yeah, it's underlined. All right. Because, um, and that's that's the, that's where the magic happens. A tender panel is about getting the right builders yep. on it. So then you're up against it and you've got to differentiate yourself through smarts, yes, and through making sure you nail the brief, yes, um, and and sometimes the brief is in black and white. In other times, it's left, it's unsaid, yeah, and and you've got to listen really carefully to 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 the fears, yeah, and, and you've got to have those relationships, or or, or, or none of it matters. The thing you you've you've brought it up, which is the answer there, you're going use your ears, listen, yeah. listen, 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 and make sure that the point of difference will be given back given back to the people, given back to the client. Yeah. yeah. You know, because the client will tell you along the way what their expectations are. They'll tell you what their fears are. Now in the construction industry, you're correct. A tender field should be like-minded, like-sized, with with like capabilities. Mm. And I, I say that often to estimating departments and to management teams, you're going, Plus or minus one standard deviation, we should be getting the number right. You know, yeah. Unless something goes wrong, we should we should all be in the same playing field. You know, for whatever reason, we might be a little bit heavy, might be a little bit light, but we should we should all be together against the the other tender the others that are tendering. Mm. So then you go, okay, given that the money should be okay, and the numbers should be there. What's the point of difference? Now let's work on the relationship. Let's mm. let's work out what the expectations are. Have we forged a relationship with them? Then we go to the brief. Are we are we getting ticks in every box? Are we making sure that we've covered everything? Because then all of a sudden, all the variables are getting quashed. Variable A is done. We've done mm. it. Variable B done. C D, and then you should be able to go. Okay, we're in a pretty solid position. Mm. Um, but, so what's your um? You mentioned there were two projects, right? So that's a fairly recent one. Mm-hmm. What's another one? The other one was uh, I was working with a a firm um, which a, a mid-sized tier a tier three construction company, and their their real forte is doing large format retail, mm-hmm. large format retail. And there's only a handful of large format retail businesses within uh, Australia, but. They'd previously worked with masters, mm-hmm. and, and masters back ten years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, they they suffered their own fate because of uh, sort of branding and you know trying to do too many things and, and range of different things. That's a case study in itself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and and the, the the director of the company were they delivered three masters, 
But as I said to them, you know, business development sales, I said, well, the writing's on the wall for masters. It's That's going to be all over. And fair enough it was. But the director said, okay, well, Jones, I said, what we need to do, we need to align ourselves with with Bunnings. And mm. Bunnings are the behemoth that keeps on giving. Mm. And I said, and he goes, can you do that? And I said, well, it's like saying that you go for Manchester United one day and then the next day you go for Liverpool. It was, mm. it was always going to be fraught with a little bit of, <laughs> a bit of danger. Yeah. Um, but I said, well, Dave, it's not going to happen overnight. And this is something which we can touch on later. Um, and I said, let's build a relationship with, with Bunnings. Um, and we did that. And, and we, we did that and it took us 12 months, um, but then we are given an opportunity. Mm. Um, we came second on that first time around and a significant build. You know, the second opportunity came in, you know, the, everyone's understanding of the processes and mechanisms of that song, victory, that, fantastic. And that, that was uh, north of $30 million. Um, fast forward to the six months, another tendering opportunity, second. Mm. Another six months, tendering opportunity, another win. Um, by this stage, the numbers are getting bigger as well. Um, the, the, net, the net result of that is that the, the firm, which is a great, great firm, uh, and, they're, and they're very they're very active and capable builders, um, their number one client now is Bunnings. Yeah, right. and, they've, and they've forged this long-term relationship with them. So it's not, it's not so much a project that you're proud of, but it was the relationship that you created. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, and that that is, and, and it's and it's great to see that that relationship is is ongoing, and mm. and the company is is really taken to them, and and, and gain an understanding of the processes of how to, how to build, and they they're producing one now on the northern beaches or the north shore of Sydney, which is well, it's closer to the sixty mark. Mm. You know, they just did one which is a uh, over fifty, you know, mm. they, and they're significant. Undertakings, yeah. But, that, but as you said, Charlie, I'm proud of that because you go, okay, let's let's see if we're going to go for it. We're going to play with another uh, another team. We're going to forge a relationship with this client, yeah. and this client has has now kept on kept on giving. Cool. And I think that's and I think that's something with with sales that that I take away. You go, look, if you think you're going to put a salesperson in and it's going to happen overnight, well, of course you get up. You'll hope to get a few early wins. But it's really about forging those relationships, mm-hmm. and from little things, big things do grow. But yep. you, you you have you'll be in there in the in the trenches for six, eight months, twelve months. Yeah. Then you're going to start seeing the fruits of your labour. Then the opportunities are going to come through. So, so on that, just to move to the next question, what what have been your biggest learnings in business development? In the rugged world of the of the Sydney building industry, construction's a, a an industry that's uh, it's got its own nuances. I think for as a starting point, um, the learnings that I have have had in terms of sales and construction is that you have to be resilient. You know that that underpins everything. You got to be resilient, and when we were discussing this before. If, of the hundred percent of of opportunities that you'll hear about and know, and they'll come through your relationships or new clients, you're going to learn before you get to a tender opportunity. Ninety percent of those are going to go to someone else, so you're losing ninety percent straight away. And then you have to tender. Then you have to win. Mm. So you really you're in the single digits. So now, if you think it's going to be an easy 
easy course that you're, that you're plotting for a win, then you sort of have to think, well, we're going to lose more than we're going to win. Um, so being, t- being tenacious in, in those wins and really backing yourself is key. When you get the, when you get the losses uh, which come around, you've got to dust yourself off pretty quickly because there's a, there's a team of people who have, who have put their heart and soul into, into a tender or into, into trying to win a project or trying to win this client. And when, it ter- when the ball bounces the other way, there's some pretty long faces. Mm. Uh, and that's, that's hard as well. And I think from my point of view, when, when you get those moments, there's a duty of care that you have also to make sure that your team's okay. Mm. You say, hey, listen, don't worry, don't worry, because the estimating team's bumming out, the project managers are bumming out, everyone who's who's been involved in the process, everyone's bumming out. Mm. But you've, but with the from the salesperson and the BD perspective, you've got to pick yourself up pretty quickly and go, all right, here we go. We've thought about it for a day. We've gone over. We've worked out where we where we went wrong, and we're up and up and into the next one. Yeah. Um, so, so, so what I'm hearing there is a couple of things. I'm hearing uh, resilience and persistence. I'm hearing team leadership, and I guess I'm I'm also this is this is your learnings, but the the most important learning is to learn where where you can improve because mm. in sales like life um losing's part of it yes and um and mahatma gandhi says you lo- you learn far more for experience than you ever do out of a book mm. and I, my my personal experience is is when uh, you you've absolutely got to celebrate your successes yeah but if you don't feel your losses with some level of quite deep emotion mm. then you're not going to apply the necessary creativity, innovation, mm. discipline and hard work into learning, into the learnings that you take forward and turn those into real experiences mm. where you grow as an individual and succeed as a company on the back of them. Mm. You've got to feel the pain. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think you're right. You know, the, I think if you put it in a sporting sort of terms, there's the natural athlete. And the natural, the natural athlete, he or she will get wins just because that's the way that they, they build it. And a lot of that just comes down to the fact of luck, you know, but the, the 99.9% of all the other athletes, they're training hard, they're mm. training hard, they're sacrificing, they're getting up in the morning, they're doing, you know, they've got aches and pains, and, but they, they're getting up and doing it again. Mm. And that's, that's the sales route that you have to take. You have, you, you're getting up in the morning, you're doing things that, that are going to hurt and you've been there before and you're going to go, well, okay, well, if we're going to win this next race, how are we going to do it? I'm going to be fitter, healthier, smarter. I've got to understand my clients. Yeah. I, I didn't really know who Tom Brady was until mm. the last six months, right? And then the, then they were coming up to the Super Bowl and I thought, oh, I, I, I bet he pulls it off, right? And in the meantime, I watched this 45-minute documentary on YouTube and it was called something like The Other Six because Tom Brady during his year of uh, drafting was the 199th pick as quarterback. The Other Six talks about the other six quarterbacks that were called out before him. Oh, wow. They had... The way they, the way it was measured in, which is quite um, scientific, but the way they measured speed, pass accuracy, pass distance, 
um, a range of different psychology and personality things. He was number six, right? But what they couldn't measure was his um, was his desire yeah. and his ability to perform under pressure. Wow. And it's a fantastic wow. document for all of us who weren't weren't born natural <laughs> sales or natural with anything, right? Um, because everyone says, "Yeah, you're a natural salesperson," but no one sees the hard work that you do, yeah. or, or 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 the pain that you feel, yeah, and the knockbacks that you get. We've both got very good faces for podcasting. Um, I often say that you don't get a face like this without losing a few. James is a bit more um, looked after than I am. But, um, yeah, I love, I, I love what you say about that. But there's a lot of hard work yeah. that goes into it, for sure. And understanding that the, the moments with, you know, what, what have I, lo- I learned going back to it is that there will be moments when there's, there's those euphoric moments. You know, what What I like about sales, what have I learned from sales, going back to, the, to that question, is you're going, I like the chase. I, for mm. me, I like it. I, I like that when you hear of something and going, oh, that's good and that that's going to fit us and that aligns with the company's strategy and, and its capabilities, you go, that's good. And then and then forging that, that path, that is quite euphoric and that only gets better and better and better when you get that phone call and they'll ring you it's up and say, mate. and they go, hey, Charlie, and you yeah. go, got it. And mm. and especially the ones where that will go, didn't think you could do that, didn't think you'd win it. And yeah. you go, yeah, I know, but we, but we did. And, and and that's the whole team lives off that. Yeah. Now on the on the inverse side of that is where you go, when we're not get we're not getting those wins at the moment, but you need to stay the course. And to sort of sit in that position, when you, when you win, you sit there and you go, enjoy it. But also when you're not getting that flow coming through, recognise the fact that you're in that point and you might be at its lowest point. But to go, okay, it's not going, but also just to have the ability to exhale and going, stay the course, it'll turn. Mm. And, and it always does. Yeah. Uh, everyone's not operating at that win, 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 win the whole time. It's bullshit, mate. It's bullshit. Tell me, um, I mean, I've enjoyed the chat, mate. I've yeah. really enjoyed the chat. Not that, not that we haven't had it a thousand times over the last dozen years or so. But um, so, what's what's next for you, mate? Like you're uh, at the moment, you're in between a couple of different things and looking at your options. What are you looking What are you looking to do next? So at the moment, I'm I'm consulting. Yeah. So I'm consulting, which is which is another side of of business development and sales. Um, I've done it previously um, and enjoyed it. Working with working with some mid three mid sized companies at the moment that I'm mm-hmm. assisting, and that's an interesting proviso because the, the tier one, tier two construction companies they've got a lot of processes and mechanisms in place. The the smaller outfits where the directors have traditionally looked after their business development, they get to a point where they go, we need someone because the directors are actually so far into the business, they're, they're looking mm. for that. So I'm assisting now uh, with a couple of companies doing that, which is it, which is good, getting getting their systems right, mm-hmm. making sure and giving them the opportunities. So that's that's a different side of sales. The, the next step for myself is uh, next six months I'll be doing exactly what I'm doing with the, with the consultancy. Yeah. But I also look towards aligning myself with a, another tier two yeah. uh, company. Maybe maybe a tier one. That's the strengths of, of my pipe, pipeline and mm-hmm. my networks where they are. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that going back to, to what you were saying before, one of the things that you, that you do learn and what I have learned is it's getting an understanding that you go, there has to be an alignment with the internal direction from a, a construction company mm. and with the works of a business development salesperson. And there has to be strong, strong correlation, a strong communication between the two. Mm. If there's no, if there's a non-alignment, or if there's a change of strategy from within the business, that needs to be spoken to honestly and openly with your sales team, because otherwise you're setting up your sales team for a loss. The, the sales, the sales persons or persons, uh, whether they be directors or whether they be a BD or sales role, they need to have that that strong correlation making sure mm. that, that the, the strategy aligns and is communicated for the team to go out and forge those relationships. Yeah. I think um, you're making a, a number of good points there and I, I've observed and I've, I have participated in some very, very poor recruitment practices. Mm. And I'm sorry to those people that are listening that, um, <laughs> that I may have adversely affected your career. I'd like to think that I made a whole lot of other people's careers better because of the work that I've done with them. So um, good luck, mate. Thank you very much for your time today. And we better go and have a, a, a cold brewski. Yeah. No, thanks for your time, Charlie. It's been most enjoyable and I've always enjoyed your insights. So I find them uh, invigorating and uh, at the same time enthusiastic. So cool. <laughs> thanks for the opportunity. No worries, mate. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, be sure to subscribe in your podcaster so you don't miss a future episode. And whilst you're there, I'd really appreciate if you could take the time to rate and review the podcast. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Charlie.